This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 519 of Shutters Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com and joining me... And I'm not. ...once again, the man who is not Bruce Williams, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au. How are you, sir? Do you know, I'm really busy at the moment. Do you know why? No. Because I'm getting all these messages on Skype from you saying, oh, hello, can you hear me? Are you ready? Hello? It's just coming through now, five minutes after we finally connected. Right. Excellent. I love technology. It's been one of those technology days. Oh yeah. Yeah. I sent I sent my wife off to my wife, my daughter off to school. My youngest one with her watch fully charged. And her watch is her phone, right? right? And like at twelve o'clock, it says your phone's down to fifteen percent. Oh. What the hell? So, so that that failed like half an hour after that, and then get this panicked email from my eldest daughter saying something's wrong with my computer at school. It's you know, the sides of the screens are all really bright and the inside's dull, and I can and, and I can and the bright bits are showing Gmail in reverse. What? Why wow. no? I haven't heard that one before. That's a new one. Yeah. Which is kind of good because, you don't, you know, you can't get bored of the same problems. <laughs> you know? It's nice to be thrown in a bit of a challenge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like listening to my jokes. Occasionally it's nice to hear a new one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you'd know. No. That's but, right. you know, I'm told is what people say. Right. Excellent. You know, so so I, I assume you didn't get the letters from the lawyers? No. Letters from which lawyers? Oh, our listeners' lawyers uh, of cease and desist. No. Don't don't record anymore. Please stop. No, did not get those That's letters. what I was expecting. I was waiting. Every knock on the door for the last two weeks. It's like, <laughs> hang on. This is it. This will be the one. <laughs> this is the one, dude. Stop recording. Come on. We've <laughs> finally realised what the weeks have been like without you. <laughs> and then you came back and it's like, no, we'll stop that. Yeah. Good thing we don't put out our address. Otherwise, yeah. The, Probably those lawyers might have found their way to us. That's right. That's right. We live in Venezuela, by the way, just for anyone listening. Uh, <laughs> one Rue de Ville uh, city in Venezuela. Venezuela. Yes, that's us. That's Did us. postcode? So how's your last couple of weeks been? I've got a car. Oh, nice. Finally, after you know, 10 months Jeez. of trying to And what did you end car, up with? I ended up with a Subaru Forester. Nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just... It, funny enough, here's the here's the weird thing, right? Mm. The very first car I went out to look at 10, 11 months ago, the car that uh, started the process of, I'd like a new car, yeah. was the Subaru Forester. Right. But about a month after I did that, I, I had to go up... This is obviously between lockdowns. My my youngest daughter had been out at a, at a cub camp for a weekend or four or five days, something like that. And I had to go up and help pack it down at the end with other parents. Right. And so we carpooled. And we carpooled in the forest. And I sat in the back. And my bum was numb after half an hour. <laughs> you know, the seat was so rock hard. Right. You know, and I had to I had to, I had to go from cheek to cheek for the rest of the trip. Yeah, you know, right. Swapping left, right, left, right. All the way there, all the way back, you know. Yeah. So it kind of ruled out the car because, well, you've got to sit in the back as well as the front, you know. Yeah. Well, the kids do. Uh, it was so uncomfortable. So, you know, so I went through all these, all these, all these, all these options. Yeah. Finally decided I wanted a Subaru Outback. Okay. You know? But cars are so damn hard to come by at the moment that after, after you know, it's a, it's a four or five-month wait to get a car right. if you're lucky. That, that's, that's the short, that's, that's like one of the least time frames you have to wait to get a vehicle. Right. It, it, it's, it's sort of that mad. And anything second-hand, I said, that's relatively new, 
is selling you know, a couple of thousand above retail yeah. a new one <laughs> simply because of lack of lack of lack of supply you yeah. know i a friend said a friend of mine her her trading value of her car went up nine thousand dollars in six weeks what tell me about it yeah so really hard to buy a car anyway so i'm looking 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 finally got to you know, our lockdown finally ended after 276 days or whatever it is yeah and got to go out and start doing some test drives. So I took a test drive of an of a Outback. Yep. Really liked it. You okay. know. But none of the dealers in Melbourne are allowed to haggle on price. Oh it's, really? This is the price, take it or leave it, you know? And Honda's just gone the same way and Mercedes has gone the same way. Yep. And they just have no no uh, mind you, Honda, fifty uh, percent drop in sales. They're expecting Mercedes to have the same the same problem. Yep. When they get. In fact, Mercedes dealerships are suing Mercedes for being forced into this type of thing. Yeah, for I think for six hundred eighty four yep. million. Uh, so, but in in Subaru's case, it's not an Australia wide mandate. It's just this the local Melbourne deals are all owned by the same company, and right. that's their policy. Right. So I said, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for an Outback. I want this particular model. But then, yeah, there are things. Didn't really like about it. like the seats were a bit as well. Yeah, just the material, not the yeah the comfort. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, well, I'll go through a car broker. It might be the only way I'm going to save some money. Then I'm looking on the car sales, which is where we you know, sell like secondhand cars in Australia and deal cars and all that sort of stuff. And there's this effectively brand new Subaru Forester, owned by one owner, five months old. Only had it for five months. Fully optioned the damn thing with every that every accessory known to man. Yeah. Right. And selling for cheaper than new, plus like five or six thousand dollars of accessories on top of it. Wow! Yeah, and it was in the colour I liked the most. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, so I gave I gave the dealer one ultimatum. I said, "This is the price I want to pay for the car." They said, "Can't do it." I said, "Well, you've got my offer. See you later." Went out from that dealer that it was a Doncaster Subaru. Went from there out to see this guy's car, which he'd also bought from Doncaster. Yeah. And then stitched him up. That sold him everything: the paint protection, the leather protection, the yeah. under undercar protection, the side steps. For God's sake, the, the headlight protectors, the the dash cam built in, the little 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 metal strips on the edge of the door frame where you step <laughs> in, which you don't even step on. That that stitched him for everything, yeah. you know. And selling it for cheaper than you. And then I haggled him down another fifteen hundred bucks. Wow, which is unheard of in this day and age. And we bought it. Nice. Long story short. Well, long story long, actually, when you really think about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so, happy with so it? I picked up, picked, picked up last Friday night and love it. Uh, so uh, so I wanted a proper, uh, not proper four-wheel drive, but a four-wheel drive capable vehicle. Yep. Yeah, for camping and fishing and stuff like that. So yep. me, me and the youngest, we took her out uh, two nights ago, uh, a little bit off-roading, and it shows you all the angles of the cars on at any time when you're in you know, four-wheel drive mode. Yep. And we got to 26 degrees sideways. Nice. Whilst facing 14 degrees down. So that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of precarious. You nice. know, you're kind of having to lean to like about 2.30 on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> feel like you're still sitting straight. <laughs> so, well, so we took it off some, some fairly, uh, fairly extreme, not extreme, but... Yeah, for a normal driving car, pretty extreme stuff from yeah. dirt and rocks and and uh, yeah, so we're loving it. We're having a, having a ball. At, Excellent. Uh, and I, and I felt like I got a deal, which you know yeah. is important. You want to feel like you you know, you haven't been screwed over. Yep. And any other any other time other than COVID, you you could have negotiated or got deals and had more options and more vehicles available and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. 
So, and by chance, it was my favourite colour of that, which I thought was kind of yeah. fate. Yeah, and absolutely. after I said yes to it, the guy the guy had no calls on it whatsoever. Wow. And it was like, first to see, we'll buy. Yep. You know, got there. I was the first to see. I bought. He had he had 15 calls afterwards. He'd been up there for like 10 days. Oh. Then he had 15 calls afterwards, including two that just sent the message, I'll buy it sight unseen. Wow. Hold it for me. Wow. You know? And um, and yeah, so he he lost that in fifteen hundred bucks, yeah, uh, which is good for me, yeah. And yeah, so so it's been good. So I've been out gallivanting around and excellent, uh, but buying accessories and so future planning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, all good. So that's, that's that's one thing's happened the last two weeks, and um, that's about it. Done any photography? No photography. Haven't thought photography. Haven't talked photography. Haven't. Yeah, I haven't even really looked at any photography. Yeah, right. Yeah, nada. Yeah. Yeah. Might be over. I might be done. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, shit. Well, that's not, that's not completely true. I have seen some photography the last week or so. Yeah. Because the Aurora Australis has been going off tap. Oh, really? Here. Absolutely off. It was, it was seen as far north as Broken Hill. Wow! So in in the desert of Australia, inland desert, you could see a pretty substantial aurora australis. Wow! And it was it was really, really going off tap at least a few nights ago. Yeah, right. And yeah, all of a sudden, my Facebook feed, everyone's out there shooting it. I mean, I could go out in my backyard and it was that big; it would have gone right over my head. Yeah. Wow! But, uh, but I didn't. Which I should have, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, so, so that's that's been going going huge, which is amazing. And yeah, uh, right. my mate Cam Blake down in uh, Tassie, down in Tassie, yeah, he he got some great shots, and nice. then got into a big online argument with someone because they said he faked it all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, it doesn't look like that. You've, and he goes, "Well, all I've done is add some contrasting. No, you Photoshop." And like, so got, got some great big bloody uh, fight with people, as, as yeah, online experts uh, want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so he um, he got some nice shots, and uh, but he's he's got a much better one from a few years ago when it was really going off tap uh, on the tessellated pavement area down oh, yes. outside of Hobart, yep. and he got this incredible you know, reflections of the aurora in in the the puddles in the tessellated pavement, nice. and then the, in, all up in the sky. It's, it's quite epic. Yeah, nice. So yes, yeah, so that's uh, so all all those who've been lucky enough to get out and shoot, you know. And, and they all use these apps, these Aurora predictor apps, and all, you know, they kind right. of get, tell you when solar storms are coming and all that kind of stuff and what, what it's like in, at any given time and uh, over the next, you know, what's, what's predicted for the next couple of hours. You can kind of plan a little bit. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. But other than that, nothing. And yourself, have you done any? No. Oh, mate. <laughs> 2021 is the year that just keeps on giving. What happened? I rece- so I told you about the the will going missing. Yes, 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 yes. Right. So I got hold of Australia Post on Monday of this week, and uh, spoke to a girl there who said, um, 
basically we have these thresholds for you know x number of days after something should have been delivered before we'll yeah, investigate so if I'm missing it. persons don't report for the first 48 hours yeah yeah that kind of thing um and so i gave her the timeline of everything that's happened and i said uh, at what point will you declare this lost and irretrievable and she said that'll be thursday of this week oh so that'd be last that'd be last so um, oh god so, so that's she, she said to me, yeah, so she said to me, I will escalate this to uh, this special team that they have at Australia Post who are authorised to open mail that has not been successfully delivered, where they they will open the mail in an attempt to find more information either on who was the sender or who was the intended recipient. Uh, right. She said they normally get to everything within 48 hours. Uh, she said, but if they if they have no luck and if you know if they can't find it and if we can't find it before Thursday, then Thursday we will write it off as as having been lost. And, and here's your forty five cents back for the stamp. And we will give you a letter that says you know it's been lost and you should be able to go to talk to the banks. So that was one thing. Then, but that won't tell you what's in the will, though. That's no. Gonna... Well, thankfully, I have a scanned copy of the will which oh, my auntie emailed to me. Thank God. So that's the last remaining copy of the will. However, my auntie did say to me oh, a week and a half back, she said, "Oh, look, there's a bunch of mail here for your dad. Do you want me to just?" put it all in an envelope and send it across or do you want me to re-address every one of them and send them separately or and i said no just chuck them all in an envelope and post them over so yeah less chance so theoretically of one thing going missing so she's bundled them all up into an envelope and posted them across to me uh, they arrive in my mailbox absolutely uh-huh. soaking wet. Uh-huh. So, so I had to carefully, you know, peel all these sodden envelopes open and unfold these pieces of paper delicately so that they don't tear. And amongst all of it, I find a credit card statement. Oh, what? Dad's left me a $14,500 credit card bill. Oh, no. Thanks, Dad. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. Doesn't it just come out of the estate? Not, not if you. If push, there's if enough there's, money in the estate, I don't even know. Stuff. You know, because because I haven't been able to produce the original of the will, the banks won't talk to me. They won't tell oh. me anything about what accounts he's got or what balances are in them. So I know of, you know, two Commonwealth accounts and one Westpac credit card, and that's that's as much as I know. But... You know, I have oh no idea God, what balance is in the... <laughs> Seriously, it's just been the year from hell. <laughs> oh. and, and, and there's the problem, see? We all curse 2020. Yes. Yeah, we all bl- we all said, well, that's as bad as it's going to get. Yeah. And you know what nature said? Hold my beer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, I'm just getting that's started. Just getting yeah. started, yeah. So, oh, dude, I've, I've, I've... Mate, it just, you it know, just doesn't all stop. All I can say to our listeners is, yeah. If, you, if you're feeling a bit down and having a bit of a tough time, just think of the name Bruce Williams and cheer you right up. <laughs> you know, there's got to be some good oh, coming look, out of Bruce. You know, I don't, I don't claim to be the only one affected by the whole, you know, COVID situation, but, yeah, it's just one thing after another, you know. <laughs> Jesus. 
So uh, you got to laugh. What else can you do? Well, you, well, Don't laugh, you'll cry. Grimace, maybe, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway. Since 2005, Shutters Inc. has been a labour of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. So that's that's been my last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, like you, haven't touched the camera in that time. Uh, oh, no, I touched the camera. I moved it from there to there. <laughs> yeah, it was in the way. Yeah, yeah that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, no, a bit more exciting news. Yeah. Uh, I bought a tortilla press. Nice. Yeah, so is try that, that out Is tonight. that different to a sandwich press? Yeah, well, just, uh, so to make your homemade fresh tortillas, Yeah. you know, so basically you make the dough. But oh, rather okay. than getting a rolling pin and trying to roll them out, which is a nightmare to make things round, right. you put the ball of dough in the middle of the tortilla press and just press it together and it flattens out into a circle. Oh, sweet. And then you just put it straight in the fry pan and cook them. Nice. So you get your fresh tortillas. Beautiful. So this afternoon I made up a big batch of pico de gallo. Yeah. And uh, and they're going to cook up some 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 um, some mick fixins tonight and then uh, cook up some fresh tortillas beautiful so, uh, oh man that just, sounds great yeah i made them in the past but they're a pain because there's all the work of rolling out yeah you know, 20 or 15 or 20 bloody yep. uh, tortillas but if this press makes it easier yeah right? nice so awesome. so that was good yeah. i've been christmas shopping too have been yeah oh yeah you know it's like if you haven't christmas shop yet dude get onto it now because it's gonna be yes. a nightmare <laughs> <I know>. supply <laughs> issues like you will not believe i'm told yeah yeah. Um, there's going to be massive, massive stock shortages of all sorts of stuff. Well, just also knowing what the what the postage is like at the moment. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, someone said to me the other day that they'd ordered a pair of shoes online from the suburb next to where they live, and it was it's been six weeks and they still haven't arrived. Yeah, well, I've got I've got stuff that's been sent. It's been sitting in our local distribution centre, which I saw in the news a couple of months, a couple of well, probably six, eight weeks ago, uh, showing it was just like packed to the rafters for as far as the eye could see with parcels. Yeah, right. It's been sitting there since the 29th of October, and it's what the tenth uh, um, of, of November now. So yep. yeah, we're looking yeah Two twelve weeks. or thirteen days, and it hasn't moved on the track. My order things, you know. I've got to say, so, I am. I'm getting heartily sick of businesses and government departments who are still using COVID as an excuse for offering crap service. Well, how, how is this still an issue? You know, it's, it's well, been close the, on the two sheer years vo- The sheer volume of post of post of online orders okay. is surpassed anything ever known to man. Hire more people. Yeah, but th- you know that's not a process that's going to happen this week. Okay, yeah, it's been yeah, 19 months. I'm yeah, sure we oh, could have found some more people. I, agree, but I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know when the, <laughs> when mail became a major issue. I don't think that was an immediate problem. Yeah. You know I mean? that, that seems to have really only sort of come in in the last, I would say, eight or ten weeks. That mail seems to have really, yeah. When we're down here, the mail had to do a, a, a one-week, we're not delivering anything um, break just to try and catch up. Now, I've never heard that in the history of no. yeah, our mail service. So. That tells me you don't have enough staff to yeah. process what's going on, so yeah. hire more staff. But that's a process yeah. that takes time. Oh, rubbish. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm prepared to be, as long as I'm a Christmas uprising time, I'm prepared to be somewhat um, 
But should 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 the week for my daughter's costume not show up in time? Oh yeah. Hell to pay, yeah. yeah. Christmas is Christmas is resting, and the thing is, you you feel st- more stuff's going to go missing, a la you know yep. your one, yep. yeah, which is which is somewhat of a concern, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's the um, the last bit of the excitement of my of my life, yeah. Yep. To your press. So anyway, got a couple of things that we we will cover quickly. We're going to talk about photography. We just a little bit. Just a little bit. Actually, the first bit's not even about photography. Carl Hermes sent us an email, and he said, Great to hear you guys back on the airwaves, Bruce and Glenn. Hopefully things are on the up and up for all. Reed Glynn's, I'm thinking about well, putting... Well, I'm, f- I'm okay, but Bruce is not <laughs> the best one. <laughs> Reed Glynn's thinking about putting a Facebook post about himself passing away. Seinfeld's writer, Larry David, has a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm, and they did a sketch about one of Larry's friends who had a funeral for himself while he was still alive. He sat and there watched the go. ceremony on the big screen in the bedroom. Pretty funny. Watch it on Binge, Series 11, Episode 2. So that's exactly, exactly the way it should be. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no point people I mean I've seen a few people online this week where they've had people die and again it's all the outpouring yeah you know that person would have liked to have heard that before they popped yeah exactly yeah exactly but uh, yeah, I've got to say though not a single listener sent me a glowing testimonial not one not one dude oh. you know gee we, uh, we we used to love listening to his podcast maybe it's a problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> they didn't love listening to the podcast <laughs> We used to listen to his podcast, you know. Uh, look, I was court ordered to listen to their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was my community uh, service. Exactly. There you go. Uh, yeah. Peter Samble wrote the and said, Hi, Bruce and Glenn. Sorry to hear that you're both needing to take some time off to get back to your healthy state. Hope it's sooner rather than later. I'm still catching up with the podcasts and recently listened to episode 401. Oh, my God. That's a That's a glutton for punishment. And wanted to congratulate you guys on reaching this milestone. Your podcasts have always given me a laugh as well as provide some photographic knowledge. I've also been unwell, been diagnosed with leukaemia July 2020, so over the past 15 months I have been on various chemo treatments. Sorry to hear that, Peter. The current treatment is having a positive effect and my cancer is currently in remission, but treatment is ongoing. With COVID and being forced to stay home, I've had the benefit of watching Channel 9's transmission tower being dismantled and I've created a (laughs) photo book of various stages. A Facebook site dismantling of the Channel 9 tower was set up by a local and many other locals have posted some great images and videos. Might be worth mentioning this in your next podcast whenever it occurs. Anyway, all the best. Take care. Hope you're better soon. Regards, Peter Sample. I can't remember. Is Peter in Melbourne or is he in Sydney? I don't know which Channel 9 tower he's referring to. Well, it's the one nearest his house, obviously. Yes. (laughs) Well pointed out. Thank you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one that's a visibule from his house. Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I have uh, I have a feeling I haven't even heard of tower Sydney, being but, taken down. So yeah, I, I have a feeling it's a Sydney thing, but I don't know for certain. I was going to say yeah, it was certainly your patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and you're the and you should know better than that. The the, the one <laughs> listener you've got in New South Wales, that's you should at least right. have known. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Paul Sutton sent us a link to our mate Joe Edelman, who wrote a oh. post for Petapixel. Uh, and this, Did he? Yes, oh. the, this was titled, Can We Please Stop Talking About What Seconds? Now, I will confess I have not 
had the motivation to sit down and read this article. So questions without notice. Why would Joe be against referring to lighting power as watt seconds? I get it fine, though. Okay, cool. But it's we- irrelevant. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. you just dial it up or down until you get the look yeah. you want. No, but, I mean... <sighs> no? I, I, don't, I don't know what his beef is. Okay. But the problem is, it, it, rather than getting involved in all the tech yep. of stuff, I, I don't think there's many studio lights out there in the world of, of a known brand yep. that you would buy for most amateur use or you know, semi-pro use that isn't already too powerful. Yeah, right. Okay? And uh, it's very easy to buy stuff that's well above what's necessary. Right. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's his really yeah, Forget about it. They're powerful enough. Get on with right. how to use them. Yep. But uh, that, but that's something I've always said to people is who cares what volume they are? Yeah, I yep. always call them volume. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's, it's what you do, not yeah, what you use. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, but, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that for sure. Yeah. But it's like I saw. I saw someone. I did see another post about photography this week. Someone said, um, "I think I think get might have been a guy called Dave Fulton sent me a message saying he saw it on one of his forum groups that someone was asking what was the best camera for taking photos of tattoos." Oh, the one no, in I your know hand. Meant the Ed- I didn't know whether he meant the Edinburgh or like the body ones because <laughs> yeah. it's quite different end use. You know? <laughs> so therefore, you probably need different cameras. The camera that's in your hand is the best camera it's to like, use. It's like. Uh, <laughs> I, I seriously get frustrated with the number of people who, you know, come on and, you know, the, the Facebook photography groups and go, oh, what what would be the best camera to buy for X type of photography? You know, the yeah, 87 it's, it's just funny how or that's, the 65. It's like, really? That mentality has never really been shook, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't, it's, it's just weird. Why, I don't know why, where the disconnect is that people think, um, that's a, a, a realistic question, you know, to ask. Where's the disconnect? Even if you think it's a realistic question to ask, at what point are you going to say, yes, I'm going to base my purchasing decision to part with my hard-earned cash based on the opinion of some random I met on the internet? A good point. <laughs> you uh, know, like, who does that? You know, at the end of the day, well, you're not going to spend the money what until about, okay, you are but comfortable. In that scenario, with... what other options do you have? Well, hopefully, you would go and find a bricks and mortar store and at Can least look at the two cameras that you might have narrowed it down to, and say to the guy in the store at least, "Hey, you know, I'm umming and ahhing between these two cameras. Do you have an opinion? Can I take oh, some sample of an opinion? In? I make commission on this one. I don't make commission on that one. This <laughs> yeah. one's far better. Of course, exactly. he's, got, he's, definitely, he's definitely got an opinion. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, uh, to me, a far more likely scenario to me ending up parting with some money than just, oh, this random person I don't even know on the internet told me that I should buy camera A over camera B. But you could get a, a, a sort of a consensus if you have 50 people respond. Sure. And 38 people say one and 12 say the other. Yep. Yeah, it gives you, a, yeah, at least you polled the audience to yep. see to yep. see what the, what the mood is. But, yeah. you know, if you go into a Nikon group and ask that question, it's going to be yeah. slanted one way over the other, you know? Yeah. Um, 
interesting. But surely there's, a, you know, there's probably a thousand websites out there that would review cameras that you could go and say, I want to compare camera A with camera B and probably find, you know, a head-to-head comparison between those two cameras, which is probably yeah, a far really more only going to give you stats and, yeah, if you go to D preview and do side by side, it's just going to be a whole bunch of stats and somebody who can't take photos opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, but I'm, I mean, I'm genuine. It's actually really hard. It's, it's, it's quite tricky, you know? Yeah. As you say, you've got hard earned to spend. Yeah. And it's hard earned. So you don't want to, so you can see why you'd reach out to, yeah. yeah. I, I guess, I guess it's more the fact that not just, okay, this person said this one, how did they back up? Their, their claim, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what was it that person said that resonated with me? That made sense. That maybe okay, I can see this guy. The way this guy's talking, his type of logic fits in with my kind of thinking. Yeah. Therefore, yeah, maybe I'll give a bit more credence to what this person's saying because I can kind of get his viewpoint better, and therefore maybe I'd feel the same way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we all know it kind of doesn't really matter. You just yeah. got to, and that's what I say. You got to buy what makes you happy, and you can never, you can never not buy the thing that you lust after. Exactly. Doesn't matter how much someone convinces you otherwise. Yep. Yeah, because as yep. soon as you do, you know, every photo you ever take, well, it would have been better with the other one. It would have been better with the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all you yeah. have to think for all your life is is um, is that. You know? Yeah. Every single doesn't matter how good the photo is. Gee, I wonder how, how much better it could have been with the other one. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the last thing that I was going to include was uh, based on an email that I received a few weeks back. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it up front. I think they emailed me because they were just fishing for a link to their their study. But I thought, yeah, there's some value in this. I'll mention it in the podcast. It's from a, a mob called Comparitech.com, uh, and it's an article on their blog about EXIF metadata privacy, and the subtitle is A Picture is Worth a Thousand Data Points. Uh, and it's all about... It's written by a guy called Paul Bischoff, a tech writer, privacy advocate, and VPN expert, uh, about the... Exif metadata that gets included when you export a JPEG or a PNG from, you know, Lightroom, Darktable, whatever you happen to be using, and then you go and post that, you know, exported JPEG, PNG, whatever, to whatever sites you may be posting your images to, how much of that metadata is staying in the image when it gets out there on the web? And he does mention that Imager... Facebook and Instagram, they scrub all the metadata that they can so that there is no metadata left on your upload when you upload to one of those three sites. Uh, Flickr, on the other hand, keeps all of the metadata, so whatever you've left in there when you exported it will remain in the image when it appears on Flickr. Uh, then there's another mob, photobox.co.uk, tags photos in the metadata comments section to indicate that the uploaded images are compressed. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. The rest of the metadata is intact. Anyway, th- there's a whole article here, and I'll put the link in the show notes for anyone that wants to read up on it, but I thought it was worthy of just reminding everyone, you know, don't just assume that because you've, you know, added metadata to an image 
on your home you know, computer or laptop or wherever you do your image processing that that stuff doesn't necessarily go with any exported JPEG that you create because in some instances it does. And sometimes you might not want all of that information included, particularly if it's GPS coordinates, you know, that might be, you know, photographs that you took at home, then you've just given away the GPS coordinates for where you live. Mm. Stuff like that, you know, it's worth just... Yeah, taking taking the photo of your Tiffany collection. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, So, yeah, I just thought I'd give it a mention and uh, say, you know, if if that's something you've never thought of and suddenly think, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more wary of that kind of stuff, then you might want to go and have a read of this article. Yeah. Hmm. I had a quick flick through Joe's thing oh yeah and, it, and it's not so much about what it is about what things but not completely about that it's about lighting in general any artificial lighting in general as far as uh, flash led or studio lighting right. and the fact that all three of them have different terminology so you have you know lumens for led you have a guide numbers for flash and yep. what seconds for studio yeah and it's just too confusing and what's more important is to try and figure out a way of you know, what what was the volume of light actually hitting your subject, yep. as opposed to the potential output. I mean, what what something outputs versus what it lands is compl- not necessarily the same thing as well. So, right. Okay. Um, so it's talking about the thing, and, and in a lot of ways, it's a bit of a pump up for LED lighting. But I, so I haven't really gone into you know, much much detail. Yep. But uh, but I think he, he's, he's basically just starting the conversation about getting past the 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 math of lighting and getting into um the good stuff the the stuff that's important the 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 way light hits the subject the intensity and feel and style of that light mm. and what you can do with it so so be interesting to see you know do you think that there could be any unanimous decision from the various types of lighting manufacturers to oh, come absolutely. up with a consistent no, no scale yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they solved the unified field theory, <laughs> um, which you know they've been working on since Einstein's day, right? Uh, as soon as they solved that, well, the, everything's in unified, Bruce. So it'd be no Excellent. problem. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That, and don't overload the flux capacitor. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> can see that happening any time now between now and well, uh, when hell freezes over. The distant, distant future. Uh, Excellent. That's the problem is when hell freezes over, that's the temperature. And the temperature comes under the same sort of scale of numbering systems, so therefore it would be unified as well. Right. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, mate. Well, good to chat. You too, mate. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we're going to keep these chats just fairly random. No, fortnightly, but yeah. but you know, a little bit more loose. For because you now we're we're going to get what I'm trying to say is we're, we're going to go off our strict photo only conversations. Yep, and maybe yeah, because you know, I think in the past we we focused too much on photo knowledge and information in our podcasts, <laughs> and I think it's really time now that we sort of we can we can we can we can start to relax a bit. Five hundred episodes in, start to relax a bit and start to kind of branch out from strict photo. Excellent. Yeah, sometimes we can talk about sketches. Whilst you're on that subject, how's your crypto going? Oh, through the roof, dude. Totally. Very nice. Mind you, a mate of mine from um, from used to work at Fuji put on his Facebook page the other day, uh, a Facebook page. Um, how many of you invested in um, 
in uh, what's that big one again? The uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. When I told you to at two hundred dollars. Yeah, that was Lee DePros. I saw that. Yeah, and now it's at ninety three thousand of them. Yeah. So he was telling people when it was two hundred bucks to invest. Yeah. And imagine if you'd done put in a thousand bucks worth then, you know. Yep. Holy yeah. guacamole! Head but yeah, I'm, I'm, doing really good. I'm, at, I'm at my highest peak ever of, yep. of monies. Yep. So um, good. And yours? Yeah, same. I'm still holding the Ethereum that I bought four years ago. So, oh, good. And if it gets up high enough, it might be the perfect dad's credit card. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, uh, all right, matey. You have a good uh, one. Oh well, bye everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. See ya. <laughs> See ya. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersincpodcast.com.